I'm Alex Schwartz. I'm Nomi Fry. I'm Vincent Cunningham, and this is Critics at Large, a New Yorker podcast for the culturally curious. Each week, we're going to talk about a big idea that's showing up across the cultural landscape, and we'll trace it through all the mediums we love. Books, movies, television, music, art. And I always want to talk about celebrity gossip, too. Of course. We hope you'll join us for new episodes each Thursday. Follow Critics at Large today, wherever you get podcasts. This episode of Livewire is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you can call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey there, welcome to Livewire. I'm Luke Burbank. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. I know that uh, I did. I am the oldest of seven kids, and Thanksgiving has always been our family's like high holiday, which means that attendance is mandatory for all Burbank children and for their spouses and for their kids which means that every year there are like 40 to 50 people crammed into my mom and dad's house in Silverdale, Washington. Um, and the whole day is full of these little rituals. And like nobody remembers how they started, but they are just part of the tradition now and they must be observed. Um, it starts in the morning my daughter and I and whoever else is up early enough, we watch the Macy's Day Parade on TV. Uh, and this is not because we love the Macy's Day Parade. What we love is making fun of the various pop stars of the moment and how bad they are at lip syncing to their songs while riding on a float that is sort of constructed around the idea of an insurance company. Um, so we watch the parade, and then when that is over, I start trying to round people up for the thing that I call the Burbank Family Fun Run. And this is like a, a three-mile jog. Uh, the idea is to clear some space in your stomach before the big afternoon feast. I'm going to be honest. I think everybody in the family really dreads the Burbank Family Fun Run. But I think that they just kind of go along with it because they don't want to hurt my feelings, which is what being in a family is all about. So we have the fun run, and then it's afternoon, and that is when the cooking really ramps up. There is chopping, uh, there is baking, there is mixing, and there is a lot of old family stories being passed back and forth. The kitchen windows get all sort of steamed up with all the cooking that's going on. It's just a hive of activity. Then it is time for the meal. And uh, we are such a 
big operation that we are one of those uh, families that actually has like an adult table and a kid's table, which you have to get out of the basement and set it all up in the uh, in the kind of living room area of my parents' house. And if you're at the kid's table, the whole game is to get some uh, sparkling apple cider and get something that kind of looks like a beer mug and drink out of it and pretend you're drunk. That is, that's like the highlight of being a kid at the Burbank Thanksgiving. Uh, and then at some point, when you grow up, you get upgraded to being at the adult table, and that is kind of a big honor as well. So we do the meal, and then when the meal is over, we have to clear all of the dishes and wash all of the dishes and break the kids' table down and take it back to the basement. When all of that is done, and not a second before, then it is time to put on the Christmas music because we are now officially in acceptable Christmas music season. And then there's usually like a game of charades or sometimes we'll have an impromptu family talent show. My mom will sing Stand By Your Man by Tammy Wynette, usually into some kind of improvised karaoke device. Um, If my Aunt Mary Lou is there, she will start on this campaign with me to try to get me to perform stand-up comedy This is all based on the fact that she saw me do stand-up comedy when I was like 10 years old at a Kiwanis Club talent show, and she has never forgotten that performance. She would put it up there in the Pantheon with like Richard Pryor and Jerry Seinfeld, by the way, my performance at the Stars of Tomorrow talent show. But anyway, if she does talk me into it, I can just assure you that it is as awkward as you would imagine when you do stand-up comedy to your actual family just standing there in the living room. So that's kind of how Thanksgiving tends to play out at our house. But I got to be honest with you, probably my favorite ritual is actually something that happens the day after Thanksgiving. And that is when we all gather together and raid the refrigerator and have a feast of leftovers. Let's be honest, you guys. The whole Thanksgiving falderall is really just a pretext for enjoying delicious leftovers. Which brings us to our theme for this week's episode of Livewire, leftovers. Here's the thing. Each week when we record a show, we end up with more stuff than we can fit into one radio program. And so we have to put all of that stuff that doesn't make it into the show, we've got to put it in the fridge. We do not want those leftovers to go to waste. So this week, we are bringing them back out. Conversations and quizzes and games with people like writer Ariel Levy from The New Yorker, This American Life's Elma Baker, a futurist and comedian Baratunde Thurston, Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment, and we've even got some music from John Craigie. It is going to be Great. And if you need further convincing of that point, let me just tell you that before this hour is over, someone will be hypnotized. You do not want to miss it. First, though, uh, let's kick things off with this quiz that we conducted with futurist and comedian Baratunde Thurston. This was just a couple of weeks ago. Okay. Baratunde, our theme this week is The Truth Hurts, and it can be very surprising for people when they learn that a fact that they believed to be true is actually wrong. I've never experienced that. Well, interesting. you were one of the lucky few. (laughs) This is what research has found, though. 
It shows that finding out you're wrong often makes someone double down on the thing they believe. Yes. We do not sort of see the light. We kind of seem to further hunker down in mm -hmm, our, in our mm -hmm. faulty opinion. So here's what we have put together. We've got some facts here that are true and also some facts that are not true, but people for some reason think they're true. Can I just pause you real quick? Please. This is a real-time copy edit. The second one, they're not facts then. <laughs> they're assertions. We have some facts here that are true, Baratunde. And we also have some assertions that are not facts, but some people think they're facts. Thank you. We're going to ask you if these are true or false. Okay. And if you, if, if you guess correctly, we'll give you this sound effect. Okay. If you are incorrect, we will have to drop the bomb of truth on you, which will be this sound effect. That's very violent, Luke. It's very violent. Is okay. that, it's is that okay. a microaggression? Does that trigger anything? No, that's just aggression. Just... That's a bomb is definitely just aggression. <laughs> microaggression, hold the micro. <laughs> All, All right, right, let's play. I'm we, good. We yeah. need the sound effect because the game is called We've Dropped the Bomb of Truth Tunde. Some of these are facts. Some of these are assertions. <laughs> the Spanish national anthem. Hey, you were in Spain. The yeah. Spanish national anthem. I know everything about the Has place. no lyrics. True or false? False. False. <laughs> Sorry, we had to drop the bomb of truth on you. So that's probably why Catalan wants independence then. It's yeah. just some words. We need to get some lyrics. This is very what boring. What kind of whack anthem is this? this yeah. Is wordlessness. Fact or assertion, you can see the Great Wall of China from space. Oh, fact. Ooh. I mean, how are we defining space, though? Right, you, have, see, you have to define your right. terms, Luke. You got to define your When I was last in space, I saw the Great Wall. I see that you're putting the system on trial here, which is a very, that's actually a very smart gambit, Bertunde. I learned from my president. According to my info that I got from my Apple IIe laser clone computer, no human structure is visible from space, although you can see light from large cities. I'm pretty sure. I'm just, I'm, I that's think not I'm proving answer. your larger point, actually. True or false? I refuse to back down. <laughs> That's right. Oh, I thank you for at least supporting one part of this exercise. <laughs> the premise. I do appreciate That's that. That's the heart of it, man. Okay. True or false, okay. Harry Truman never took a paycheck after being president. That's false. Mm. So he wasn't a barista? It's true. He thought it was unethical to profit from the job, and he lived off of $113 a month from an army pension. That is unimaginable. Can we get him back? Yes. <laughs> All right. True or false, Einstein failed math. True or false? It feels like it shouldn't be true. Okay. So it's true. Great. I don't know anything. I am a very dumb person. Well, he did fail an entrance exam for a school, but he was uh, really good at math. Yeah. Like, 
That's kind of not fair, because I, I know what you mean. You start to get into that, well, like, like the, the whole, Princess Bride. And Abraham Lincoln, like, he was a super failure. He was a big loser, right? Right. Until he was president. In, in some, yeah, in, in, yeah. in certain circumstances. He was basically, like, he sucked at everything, right? And then he got great. I mean, that's, that's one version of history. I'm not going to dispute it. Here's one. Alpacas can die of loneliness. True or false? True. 100% true. If there's one thing I understand, it's yes. loneliness, okay? <laughs> That's the one thing I got right, is loneliness. <laughs> I swear I'm great with people. Let's take it back to Spain. <laughs> Although, I guess bulls exist in many places, but they're identified maybe with Spain. Oh, boy. Bulls hate the color red. Oh, true. Hmm. I don't, I don't need you guys. I don't need any of you. I will, I will bomb on my own. Thank you very bulls, much. Bulls are colorblind. Yeah. They're responding to the bullfighters' movements. I was doing well with the animal category I until got, that one. How about this? True or false, Dalmatians are born without their spots. It's true. 100% right, Baratunde. They don't come in until after a month. Great Thank job. You, Thank Thursday you, Louis. Thank you, Livewire. Right here on yeah. Livewire. That is Baratune Day Thurston right here on Livewire. We are going to take a quick break, but coming up, Elna Baker from This American Life gets hypnotized on stage. Eleven fingers. Does that seem a little odd, Elna? Yeah. <laughs> How do you explain that? <laughs> I have more fingers. <laughs> I, for one, can't believe we didn't play that on the first time around. Uh, but that's the beauty of leftovers, folks. You will get to enjoy that coming up in just a moment when Livewire from PRI returns. Don't go anywhere. Livewire gets support from Fully. Hey, do you sit motionless behind a desk all day? I know. It's not great, right? It's why everybody these days is getting those standing desks, because your body is meant to move, and no amount of after-work yoga and downward dogging and cross-fitting or whatever you do can undo the damage of being at your desk all day. That is where Fully comes in. Based in Portland, Oregon, they make and sell desks and chairs that have changed my life, because right now I'm actually sitting on a TikTok stool as I record this and my body is engaged, and the blood is flowing, and I am so creative. Can't you just hear it in my voice how creative I am? They're also the folks responsible for the Jarvis sit-stand desk that I use when I am hosting Livewire at the Alberta Rose Theater, and they are the exclusive U.S. carrier of the Capisco chair that I also use when I am hosting the show. Listen, I'm not telling you not to do yoga. I'm not even telling you not to wear yoga pants. Also, Say namaste if you want. I'm just saying, you don't have to do your body in by sitting still all day in a traditional chair in front of a traditional desk. Head over to fully.com slash livewire to find out about all the cool stuff they're doing. Welcome back to Livewire. I'm Luke Burbank. This week in the spirit of Thanksgiving, we are doing a special leftovers episode featuring a bunch of never-before-heard stuff that we recorded but could not fit into the radio show. Now, much like the holidays, this episode is a chance for us 
to hang out with some of our favorite people, including Snap Judgment host Glenn Washington. Uh, he came by the show back in April for an interview, but we could not let him go uh, without having him show off his famed storytelling skills. And of course, because this is Livewire, we had to add a twist involving booze. All right, Glenn Washington, it says at the Snap Judgment website that your stories are best served with cocktails. Yes, yes indeed. And we wanted to test that theory to try to get some stories and cocktails paired <laughs> right here on the live wire stage. Right on, right on. Here's how this is going to work, uh -huh. okay? We are going to name a drink, and then we want you to tell a story that that drink sparks in your mind. Wow. But this is the thing. Stories can take a while. We don't have all day. So Hurry up. Our announcer, Jason Rouse, is actually going to be making the drinks and you have the amount of time it takes him to make the drink to tell your story. This is fantastic. Now this All is, right, Jason. <laughs> this is, Take your time, baby. This is the part where we ask uh, Jason, uh, what is your proficiency as a bartender, by the way? You know, my dad has a bar in his house okay. and is uh, inherently lazy, so, you know, I can pour things in a glass, but uh, right. we'll see. I think it'll be good. I feel okay. good. There's a bottle with red liquid in it and... There's a green one. It's going to be fun. There's cherries down here. Well, here's the thing. We wanted to keep this interesting. So we have all of the fixins for three different drinks. Wow. But Jason, we have not given you the recipe of any of the drinks that we're going to be ordering. No. no. So I'm going to name a drink, Jason, and then you are just going to take your best guess at it based on the ingredients that are over there. And then when you're done, you ding the bell and Glenn has to wrap his story up. All right, so, Jason. Yeah. And Glenn Washington. The first drink is a Singapore sling. It's a red one, right? So we'll put some red I don't know. There. Your guess is as good as mine. Start making a Singapore sling. Glenn Washington, what does that inspire for you? So, um, I used to live next door to Singapore, Malaysia. And one day... There was this, I was watching the news at a hotel. I was waiting for this woman to show up. And there was this, all this news that a guy, one guy, I'm going to call him Nick, had taken down a bank. It was an English bank based out of Singapore. It was called Bearings Bank. He'd done some financial chicanery. Somehow the bank is now $1 billion in debt, and everyone on the globe is looking for this guy, this Nick. And I'm sitting there waiting at the bar. Watching this TV thing, I look over, and that's the guy. And I didn't know what to do. A warrant for his arrest was not out yet, but it was going to be any moment. And I thought, you know what? This brother's going to spend some time in bars. And I asked the bartender, I said, whatever he's drinking, give me one and give him another one. And I'm pretty sure it was a Singapore sling. Wow. That's unbelievable. You wrapped that up like five seconds before Jason wrapped up his version of the Singapore Sling, which he is pouring now into a couple of martini glasses. It's a beautiful pink wow, color. Wow, look at that. Jason, what did you put in your signature Singapore Slings? <laughs> With cheese? What, what, what did... I put some um, this the pineapple some juice. Some pineapple juice, okay. I put some grenadine. I put some uh, bitters. 
I okay. put some delicious cherry liqueur. All right. And I put uh, pine- pineapple chunks in it. Okay. Uh, this is what's actually in a Singapore sling. Cup That's of you ice. first there, Nick. A cup of ice, some gin, some cherry-flavored brandy, some triple sec, some pineapple juice. You got the pineapple juice part right. Uh, some lime juice, some grenadine, a pineapple, and a maraschino cherry. So um, I think you got one of those ingredients here. Let's take, let's take a taste. Salut. Not bad, actually. This is not bad. I don't think it's a Singapore <laughs> sling. No, it's not. But I'll drink it. Yeah, go ahead. Glenn, I just realized some part of this we hadn't thought through. I think these are the only cups we have. No, we got, we got, so we pretty much need to power each one of these things got, down. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Jason. Indeed. A lot of sugar in that. Ah, delicious. I'm feeling pre-diabetic. We have other cups, but that was just fun to watch, so Ooh, I let was, you do it. No. Okay. It's made out of candy. Jeez. Um, all right. Drink number two, an old-fashioned. Oh, I can do that. Glenn Washington, what does that inspire? And remember, you have a maximum amount of time of the time it takes our announcer, Jason Rouse, to make an old-fashioned, which, based on what he's already put in the cups, he has no idea what he's doing. <laughs> that is your time for telling the story. What, what are you inspired to talk about? Okay, so when I think of an old-fashioned, I think of, like, a, a, a man's drink, a, a drink that you, you drink with your pal. And oh, there, I was in a class. This is at the University of Michigan. And there was this beautiful girl who sat next to me. Um, and I had to listen to this professor drone on and on and on three times a week, and I didn't care because I got to sit next to her every single time I was there. She's beautiful, 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 beautiful. And finally, I got the courage to ask her out. And she said, yeah. We're about to go out, and I'm waiting for her to show up. And she doesn't show up. And she doesn't show up. And two hours later, I realized I've been stood up. And my boy, he's like, look, man, look. I'm going to cheer you up. And he knew how, how much this meant to me. I'm going to take you out. Forget her. Forget her. Forget her. We go out to the club. We're going to get our dancing on. And right in the middle of the club is the girl, the oh, woman, no. with the professor. Oh, no. My boy got me an old-fashioned. <laughs> he said, look at here. It's time. This is a real drink for real men. Put this down. Make you feel better. All right. It didn't, but I drank. (laughs) You, my friend, are a professional. I don't know how you're timing this out so perfectly, but you finished exactly as Jason was wrapping up his old fashioned. Jason, what did you put in here? I put whiskey, and then I put a little more whiskey, and I put a cherry in it. Okay. And I put some bitters and some orange. You know, you got (laughs) darn close, Jason Rouse. I drink these, and I think that's what I noticed them put in. <laughs> a, a, a real old-fashioned has one sugar cube or a spoonful of simple syrup, two dashes of Angostura bitter, two parts rye or bourbon, an orange twist. You muddle it, you mix it all up. Uh, well, here we go, Glenn Washington. It, it's, it's, um, it's not the kind of drink you pow, but uh, well done. Number one, well done. 
Yeah, this is this is getting me about halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's strong. I hope you don't have a lot of radio show left after this. No, no, um, no. We we carefully scheduled this towards the end of the broadcast. Good lord. There's got to be another cup somewhere. All right. We've got one oh, more. Okay, I'm going to leave this right here for now. Yeah, okay. Woo. I'm, I'm a professional. I can feel that old-fashioned just karate kicking my liver. All right, last one. Tequila Sunrise. We know one part of it. Yeah. Right, Jason Rouse? You're going to make us a Tequila Sunrise. going to put tequila in it. When I say Tequila Sunrise, Glenn Washington, what comes to mind? Everything bad happens, starts with tequila. Everything bad. <laughs> Always. Every horrible story. But I'm going to tell you a different kind of story. This is back in, I'm going to stay in Ann Arbor. This is back in the day, in the 90s, and before all this fancy spa stuff they have nowadays, this place, I went to get my hair cut, had drinks. And he would tell you a story, and you get a drink, maybe when he's cutting your hair, maybe before, maybe after. And he always told you, Drink up now, because this place is about to be closed down. Because I'm about to retire in about a year and a half. Every single day I go there, get you a drink now. This place is about to be shut down. We get a drink, we toast in retirement every single time I went there. Last time I went in, how's that retirement coming? Well, it turned out. Oh. <laughs> you got time. You, you wrap it up. Turned out that... Uh, uh, his statements that he'd been reading on his retirement accounts were false because oh. his wife had found a casino and was faking everything. He had nothing. 20 years of cutting hair, he hadn't had nothing but the cocktail. And that cocktail that we drank, it was the only one, the last one, where I didn't toast to his retirement. Is he still there, probably? Yeah. Well, I know where I'm getting my hair cut when I go to Michigan. Sounds like that guy might be there forever. Jason, these are uh, tequila sunrises, um, which uh, uh, I, I have the real recipe here, but let's compare this to, uh, Jason, what you, what you came up with, uh, just, I guess, kind of following your gut on this. Yeah. What, what, what did like you do? Like a fist of tequila. <laughs> Did you say a fist of what, tequila? What is a fist, what is a fist consist of? I don't of? think that's a unit of measurement for... <laughs> There's substantial tequila in it, and then okay. there's um, a bottle of orange juice, and okay. then um, uh, there, there's red in it, so I put the, uh, the grenadine, which is coming in handy. I'm putting yeah, it in it's everything. Really... <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of your go-to. All right, well, we'll try this. Here we go. Wow, wow, wow. That's wow. fire water right there. Yeah. Oh, um, my God. In you the can words... see me after the show swinging from the rafters back there. Yeah. Butt naked. It's going to be great. We are definitely, more than any other public radio show, we end up making our guests make horrible decisions based on our often <laughs> alcohol-based games. Glenn Washington, you're the best. Thanks, man. Thank you very much. That is Glenn Washington right here on Livewire. He is the host of Snap Judgment, as well as the new podcast, Heaven's Gate. Livewire is brought to you in part by Alaska Airlines. 
Now, people may think Alaska Airlines only flies from cold to colder, but with 1,200 daily flights and 118 destinations, Alaska Airlines is a gateway from the West Coast to the world. Learn more at alaskaairlines.com. You're listening to a special leftovers edition of Livewire from PRI. I'm your host, Luke Burbank. All right, coming up next, one of the weirdest things that we have ever tried on the show. And if you listen to Livewire, you know that we try some really weird stuff. Uh, On this particular week, our theme was full disclosure. And if there's one thing that we have learned from various uh, TV documentaries like Gilligan's Island, uh, it's that if you really want to get someone to tell you the truth, you got to hypnotize them. So here's what we did. We went out and we got a real actual hypnotist, a woman named Debbie Taylor. She is the head of the Portland School of Hypnosis. Uh, And we had her on the show to give us a demonstration, a demonstration on one of our guests from that show. So anyway, sit back, uh, relax. Uh, Don't relax too much if you're driving. That might be dangerous. Um, And we'll let Debbie take it from here. Debbie, welcome to Livewire. Thank you. Thank you. So happy to be here. All right. I have always been fascinated with hypnotism uh, because it doesn't seem to work on me, but I see that it absolutely can make a difference in people's lives. So I know it's, it's a real thing. How did you figure out that you were going to be good at this? Well, that's a loaded question. I noticed that, uh, you know, talking to my husband after like five minutes, he would just like go into a trance. (laughs) And I realized I'm pretty damn good at this, and I want to know how I can get paid for this. So that's how I knew I was going to be good at it. Um, I actually am also a retired school principal and teacher. And so I was very in tune with behavior modification and reinforcing behaviors and how easy it is to manipulate behavior. You know, just telling a kid all the time what a great job they're doing, even if they really aren't, they will start doing a great job. You're brainwashing them. And that's what we do as teachers, you know? Yeah. We tell everybody how wonderful they are, and eventually they start to believe you. That's kind of like hypnosis. I'm wondering uh, what makes someone less inclined like, I, I, somebody, I've, somebody's tried to hypnotize me before, like a real hypnotist. It didn't quite take, and I really wanted it to. Why are some people more receptive than others? Well, that's a good question. There are a lot of different variables that can uh, affect whether or not you are hypnotizable. But there are a lot of different things. You know, perhaps you're the person you were working with. Maybe you just didn't have a good rapport with that person. It could have been time of day. When we put people in hypnosis, what we're wanting to do is slow down the brain waves. Because when we talk about this difference between the conscious mind and the subconscious mind, there's a dividing wall between those two. It's called the critical faculty. And we want to dissolve that wall. We want to get it out of the way so that we can take our desires on that conscious level, bring them into the subconscious, and deliver those with appropriately worded suggestions. And that is how the new behavior takes place. So it could have been time of day for you, or there could have been some resistance. You might have had a little bit of fear. A lot of people think that when you are being hypnotized that you're turning over control of your mind to the hypnotist. And that's not true at all. In fact, the opposite is true. When you go into hypnosis, you have access to that vast warehouse of all those subconscious programs, and you are in a greater state of control in hypnosis than you ever are when you're not in hypnosis. We were wondering if we could see some hypnosis put even more into action here on this episode of the show. 
And we are very lucky that one of our guests this hour is apparently up for, like, anything. Can we please get Elna Baker back out here? Yay, Elna! Um, now, you guys have been backstage, and Debbie, you have been kind of talking Elna through things and getting her, I guess, ready for a hypnotic yes. state? In full disclosure, we have met, we have worked together. We met for a brief period yesterday. We just kind of wanted to, you know, break the ice and not have the first time we met be here on the stage. This has to be a first on public radio. I cannot see them doing this on fresh air. <laughs> so what to say for the record. I think it's going to be great. So, so when we hypnotize somebody, what are we doing? We're getting them relaxed. So we've been getting her relaxed again because we want to dissolve that dividing wall, that critical faculty that divides your conscious mind from your subconscious mind. For some reason, and I don't know that anybody really knows, but when we're in that, that relaxed state, we call it theta state. It's where you are right before you go to sleep and right as you're waking up. When we're in that state, the subconscious mind is absolutely receptive to suggestion. So that's what we've been doing. We've been working and practicing. Repetition's incredibly important to the success of hypnosis because as we repeat something and doing, do it over and over, we actually create neural pathways in our brain. That's what habits are. Habits, rituals, routines, they're all represented in our brains as neural pathways. So that's what we do in hypnosis. We create brand new ones. It's like imagining a big meadow of tall grass. We're going to create some new trails, a whole neighborhood of trails in this meadow of tall grass. That's what we do in hypnosis. I want to let people know if they're just joining us, this is Livewire Radio coming to you from Portland, Oregon. We are more or less courting a lawsuit here by hypnotizing <laughs> one of the actual guests on the show, Elna Baker. We have Debbie Taylor here, professional hypnotist, hypnotism teacher. Um, so I guess uh, take it away, Debbie. Okay, excellent. So, Elna, you're willing to be here, right? You're willing to be hypnotized. <laughs> the most important contribution to the success of hypnosis is the willingness on the part of the client or the subject to be hypnotized. So, Can I ask Elna how she's feeling, or is that going to oh, sure. mess with right now? The, yeah, the state yeah. of mind that she's in? Go for it. Elna, how are you feeling? I'm already getting tired. <laughs> So do you, I, can you feel like the, 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 the sort of run up to this, the pre-work you were doing, did that have an effect on you? Are you feeling kind of? My arms are really heavy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just checking. Yes. And she's going to get even more relaxed. Because what I'd like you to do right now, Elna, is just go ahead and just start with that deep, deep breath. You can close your eyes at any time. I kind of like to always start with the eyes closed, but that's up to you. So go ahead and start with the breathing. What was it like to start clients uh, with a few deep breaths? And this is, I think you'll find interesting. We want to take a deep breath and we want to hold it, hold it, hold it, and then release. And here's why. When we hold a breath, it puts pressure on our diaphragm. That in turn puts pressure on the parasympathetic nervous system. And when that happens, that triggers the release of dopamine and serotonin from your brain. So you're already getting some of those feel-good chemicals with the deep breathing. Now, Elna is very well versed in the art of deep breathing. And she's been given the suggestion that when I give her the instruction to start breathing, that she will immediately drop into this deep physical state of relaxation. So she's doing some breathing. She's releasing any tension, any tightness from head to foot. She feels herself going deeper and deeper. Now, Ellen, in a moment, I'm going to start counting back from 10 to 1. When you hear me Begin with a count of 10. You're going to easily remember that visualization, those waves on the beach. 
that with every number I say, you're going to see those waves gently rolling in, dissolving that number, taking you deeper down, more relaxed. So let's start with 10, deeper. Deeper down, just letting go. Just let that happen, feel that release. Nine, more calm, more peaceful. Eight, not a care in the world, drifting, floating. Seven, let's feel that shift. Six, still noticing the sound of my voice. I'm completely disregarding everything else in the environment. Five, deeper. Deeper down, doing beautifully. Four, drifting. Three. Deeper down, more relaxed, all the way to two now. Just about there. To see that simple line in the sand, that number one. Just feel that shift. Just letting that go. Beautiful. But she still hears every word I say. She knows exactly where she is. She is choosing to stay within that state, within herself. It's a choice. It's a willingness. Is it going to mess her up if I remind people they're listening to Livewire Radio? Not a bit. She's oblivious to you. We, t- we discussed this is that Livewire Radio from PRI, coming to you from the Alberta Rose Theater in Portland, Oregon. Elna, you're going to remain deeply relaxed in deep hypnosis, but I'd like you to sit up. Put your head up. That's it. Beautiful. Keep your eyes closed. Now, Elna, I'm going to rub this spot in your forehead for a moment. And what I'm doing is I am erasing all traces of the number seven from your mind. You don't know what it looks like, don't know what it sounds like, you've never seen it, never written it. It is gone from your memory until I give it back to you. And I will. When you count, it sounds like one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine, ten, and so on. If you count backwards, it sounds like ten, nine, eight, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Perfectly natural. Nod your head that you understand. Beautiful. Now, Elna, in a moment, I'm going to have you stand up, stand next to me. I'm going to have you open your eyes, but you will find it easy to stay in this beautiful state of relaxation. Perfect, right here. Hold up both your hands like this. Spread those fingers. Excellent. Um, I'm going to come by. I'm going to touch the fingers, and I want you to count out loud. Um, let's, just, let's just check this out, see what's going on. So we're ready? One, two, three, four. Four, five, six, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven fingers. Does that seem a little odd, Elna? Yeah. <laughs> How do you explain that? I have more fingers. <laughs> you know, some people find that extremely distressing. But I'm just wondering, Elna, what could you do with an extra finger? Can we ask that on the radio? I mean, I'm thinking. Honestly, you... I'm not in charge of the show anymore. <laughs> it's, it's I'm just pretty thinking, much you know, your if you played the Debbie. piano or something, that would be really great, don't you think? Oh yeah. What What could you do with an extra finger? You could sew. You could <laughs> pick more noses. I mean, <laughs> with with gusto, I'm sure. That, put your hands back up there. I I got to check this out again. This is just too strange. One, two, three, four, five, six. Eight, nine, ten, eleven. <laughs> <laughs> Elna, you're taking Crazy. this really well. It's a big medical difference to have more fingers than you thought you did, and, and you gonna, seem yeah. like you're rolling with it. And they're going to charge you extra when you go to the nail salon. You know that. Well, let's put your hands back up. Let's count backwards. Maybe if we start with ten and count backwards, let's find out how that goes. One, two, three, four, five, six, eight, nine, ten, eleven. 
10986544321. No. <laughs> Isn't that just the strangest thing in the world? I know. I'll just let the radio audience know that Elna seems deeply confused, but pretty happy. So there's that. It's always Can, fun to learn something new about yourself, don't you think? Okay. Now, now um, Debbie, if I could ask, uh, and, and I hope I'm not going to somehow bend the space-time continuum here, <laughs> but uh, would Elna conceivably stay in this particular state more or less indefinitely if you did no. not? It would, it would eventually, she would, uh, she would return to a different state. Eventually she would return, yes. I see. Definitely. Good question. Okay. Good question. So what I'd like to do, Elna, though, is I to, in a moment, I'm going to count to three and I'm going to return all of your numbers to you, everything back to normal. You ready for that? One, two, and three. Everything back to normal. All your numbers back, just the way they always have been. So let's put your hands up. Let's do a double check. Make sure we got Elna all put back together here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Big She's got all her fingers Elna. back. Woo! Excellent wow. job. That was great. We honestly, we didn't know how this would go. So I'm very pleased with this. You know, my, my 10%. That is Beautiful. unbelievable. Thank you. Debbie Taylor and the extremely game Elna Baker. Thank you both so much for being on Livewire. That was Elna Baker from This American Life and hypnotist Debbie Taylor right here on Livewire. I still kind of can't believe that we really tried that on the show. Um, in fact, I think we all need a little break to just let that sink in and also to just kind of recombobulate for a minute. So we're going to do that. We're going to take a really short break. But when we come back, singer and storyteller John Craigie explains how you pick a major when attending UC Santa Cruz. And I was like, yeah, I was thinking about doing math. And he was like, ooh, that sounds hard, bro. Are you sure you don't want to do Grateful Dead? We also offer Grateful Dead. You're listening to Livewire from PRI. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Luke. Reminding you that it's Livewire's fall member drive. This, of course, is the time of year when we ask you, the Livewire listener, to become you, the Livewire member. That's right. We are a nonprofit organization, and we are only able to exist because of things like our amazing members who help support the show financially. If you have listened to the program in the past year, and if you feel like it has added some value to your life, uh, we would humbly ask that you consider becoming a member and kicking us a couple of bucks every month. Um, member support is truly how we are able to do this show. That's not hyperbole. That is not an exaggeration. That is the economic reality of Livewire and how it works. We can only do this because of your support. Um, and if you donate to Livewire during this fall drive, we are going to send you a pair of custom Livewire socks as a thank you. Tons of other cool stuff when you become a member, and we have all of that information over at livewireradio.org. That's where you go to help support the show, livewireradio.org. And thank you again from the bottom of our hearts. We really would not be here, would not be able to do this without support from people like you. LiveWireRadio.org. Welcome back to LiveWire from PRI. I am your host, Luke Burbank. This week, 
we're bringing you a heaping helping of leftovers. That's right. A bunch of fun stuff that we recorded but never got to play on the air because of time constraints or just general weirdness. I don't know if you just heard the hypnotism that we performed before the break. Uh, anyway, next up, we have writer Arielle Levy. She was on our show back in April. She was there to talk about her new memoir, The Rules Do Not Apply, which, by the way, is amazing. I highly recommend it. But in addition to writing very beautifully about her own life, Arielle is also amazing at writing about the lives of others. And we decided that we wanted to put that skill to the test. Take a listen. Ariel, you have profiled so many people, people like Nora Ephron, Silvio Berlusconi, tons of folks in between. And of course, when you write about these people, you're trying to portray them in a way that is interesting, but also accurate and factual. And so we're going to put you to the test on this. We're going to give you some unbelievable sounding details about famous figures that would really spice up a New Yorker profile. Okay. If they were true. Okay. Some of them are, and some of them we have made up. Okay. We're calling this little experiment Good Facts or Total Crap. Three, four, good facts or total crap. I'm excited. All right, Ariel. Some of these are good facts and some of these are total crap. Is it a good fact or total crap that Elvis Presley was a natural blonde? That's total crap. That, my friend, is a good fact. It's Holy. 100% true. Yeah, sorry. Okay. All right. El Elvis Presley uh, was a blonde in his earlier films, and then he began dying at Jet Black in 1956. Wow. Yeah. You think you know somebody. Seriously. Here's another one. Okay. Dr. Seuss wrote the best-selling children's book, Green Eggs and Ham, on a bet from his publisher that he couldn't write a book using only 50 words. Good fact or total crap? I'm going to buy it. I'm going to say it's a fact. You are absolutely right. That is a fact. <laughs> Using only 50 words, green eggs and ham. True fact or total crap? The Wright brothers kept a pet condor in their kitchen to inspire their airplane design with the width of its wings. I cannot buy that. I think that's fake news and total crap. I don't appreciate using the term fake news, but you are right. Well, there is that. That is totally made up. Okay. Okay. Two more here. Okay. Okay. Christopher Walken traveled with the circus at the age of 15 as a lion tamer. Ariel, true fact or total crap? Oh, my God. Tough one, right? That Walken seems capable of anything. This is the hardest decision I've ever had to make. In my life. I'm really sorry that we were the ones who presented you with that. I don't see how I can resist saying maybe that's true. Absolutely true. <laughs> true fact, Christopher Walken was a lion tamer at age 15 with the circus. He would be. And last but not least, true fact or total crap, John Adams, yeah? second president of the United States, had a dog in the White House named Satan. Get out. No, I cannot believe that. You're wrong, my friend. <gasps> he had a dog named Satan that in the White House. That is awesome. True fact. Next assignment, write a profile of John Adams and his dog Satan, Satan? for the New Yorker. Woo! Ariel Levy, everybody.
That's Ariel Levy right here on LiveWire. LiveWire is brought to you in part by Whole Foods Market with meat and seafood traceable to the source, whether it's farmed or wild caught. Because finding out where dinner came from shouldn't feel like an episode of The Twilight Zone. Learn more at WholeFoodsMarket.com. Well, hello there, LiveWire podcast listener. It is I, Luke. Listen, I think we can both agree on one thing. The LiveWire podcast is amazing. How do I know that you agree with that? Because you're listening to it right now. But did you know it could be amazinger? That's right. We are looking for your feedback so that we can make an even better podcast for you. And also so we can attract the right kind of sponsors to the show and maybe the right kind of grant opportunities. So we wanted to find out some information about you. That's right. What do you like? What don't you like? We just want to find out what makes you the beautiful, amazing LiveWire podcast listener that you are. So if you could do us a kindness and head over to LiveWireRadio.org backslash podcast and click on the big red survey button at the top of the page. It takes like 15 seconds to take the survey. I don't mean that figuratively. We've timed it. It actually takes 15 seconds. And if you do take this 15-second survey, you will be entered in a drawing to win a LiveWire totes bag. Yes, it is a tote bag that says totes on it. And also a LiveWire t-shirt. Those are two amazing products that you might win just for taking 15 seconds out of your busy day. And again, it'll help us make an even better podcast for you. Again, it's livewireradio.org backslash podcast. And thank you so much for taking the time. We really appreciate it. I'm your host, Luke Burbank. Hope you're having a good week. Hope you're enjoying this special leftovers edition of the show. We're playing you some of our favorite things that never made it into the radio broadcast on a particular week. And we are close to wrapping things up. But before we go, we wanted to send you off with a song from one of our favorite musicians, John Craigie. It is a song about his home state of California. First, though, John is going to tell us about his life as a student at one of California's great institutions of higher learning. Here's that. Uh, I was... uh... Born in Los Angeles, then I lived in Santa Cruz. I went to college at UCSC, if you guys know. Uh, but, yeah, <clears throat> some banana slugs in the house tonight. And uh, people say, John, what did, you, uh, what did you study at UC Santa Cruz? I tell them the truth. I got a degree in math, and they don't believe me. But it's true. I did get the degree in math, but hold your applause, and don't ask me to do any math stuff after the show. It was not that kind of education when I was there. It was... Uh, going through its hippie phase at that time. So hippie, in fact, that they didn't even have grades. They just had uh, pass or no pass. Not even pass-fail. Didn't want to put out those negative vibes, man. <laughs> and I remember very clearly the day, I was my sophomore year, and my co- counselor called me in, and he was like, Craigie, listen, sorry to interrupt that hacky sack game, bro, but uh, <laughs> we were just wondering if you had picked a major yet. And I was like, yeah, I was thinking about doing math. And he was like, That sounds hard, bro. (laughs) Are you sure you don't want to do Grateful Dead? We also offer Grateful Dead. (laughs) But I was like, well, I'm in the minor in Grateful Dead to have something to fall back on. But I think maybe, 
I just don't think they were prepared to teach math at that school. I think they went back to the, to the teacher's lounge and some ceramics guy was like, two plus two is four, I got this kid, don't worry about it, I'll take care of him. Because <laughs> the classes were different than my other friends who have degrees in math. My classes were a lot of stuff like, how does this equation make you feel, John? <laughs> and I would be like, not that good. They'd be like, don't do it, bro, don't do it. We, we have other equations, it's fine. Man. I did my thesis on infinity, that's not a joke. I got up there, I was like, it goes on forever. <laughs> and my professor was like, <laughs> That was the sound of you blowing all of our minds, John. Go forth, you are hereby graduated. <laughs> anyway, thank you for laughing so far. <laughs> uh, There's a sad little song called I'm California. Try to drown your sorrow. You shouldn't have taught them how to swim. And now you are right back where you began. Winter skies approaching. All alone in the wasteland Alone is the only way That they let you in So drink all my wine Cut all my trees Make love on my beaches Smoke all my own I am California, can't you see, wherever you roam, you always want me. And we struggle where I love we don't know what to let in, cause the new one pay for the old, old one's sin Blinded by your shadow Faded all your love You don't know how deep you are Till you get pulled back up Drink all my wine and cut all my trees. Make love on my beach Well, that is going to do it for this special edition of Livewire. Hope you enjoyed the leftovers. And a big thanks to our guests Glenn Washington, Ariel Levy, Elna Baker, Baratunde Thurston, and John Craigie. Livewire is brought to you in part by Alaska Airlines. Whole Foods Market, and fully hotel accommodations generously provided by Provenance Hotels. Robin Tenenbaum is the executive producer and co-creator of Livewire. Laura Haddon is our producer and editor. And Melanie Sevchenko is our assistant editor. 
Caitlin Kunkel is our writer. Our house band is Jonathan Newsom, A. Walker Spring, and Ethan Fox Tucker. Molly Pettit is our technical director. Our house sound is by D. Neil Blake. Additional funding provided by the Oregon Arts Commission and the James F. and Marion L. Miller Foundation. Livewire is made possible by the generous support of our members. This week, we would like to thank members Julia Early of Battleground, Washington, and Mariana Gardner of Portland, Oregon, for their support. For more information about our show, head on over to livewireradio.org. I'm Luke Burbank. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Thank you. PRI Public Radio International. Dear Livewire, when we first met, I was really shy. I had no idea we'd spend so much time together or that you'd be. One, to fill my heart with, with joy and make me want to be a better person. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know you were here. I was busy reading a review from one of our many, many rapturously smitten listeners. Oh, wait, actually, no, sorry. This is from Elena. Anyway, the point is, uh, it would be really helpful if you wanted to leave us a review. Feel free to say really nice things about us, and uh, we'll even read them now and then on the show. So you might hear your review of Livewire read on the program itself. Uh, Reviews help other people hear about the show, and then we can keep doing this for a long, long time because we love having this job. Uh, Thank you so much. If you've left a review and if you're about to leave a review, you can go ahead and do it right where you get the podcast.